Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. You know it. We're rolling along here on a Friday. We're, we're all hopped up on Jordan's ice cream cake. Happy birthday, Jordan. He's uh, somewhere between 20 and 70 years old. Right in the demo. Rolling along here on this Friday. By 9 o'clock on a Saturday tomorrow, we're going to be done with the postgame show. Exclusively on QSportsTalk.com. Me and Eric Devendorf tomorrow after the game. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to the game. Always do. Syracuse and Virginia. We always look forward. Uh, sometimes after the game ends, we have rude looking forward to it when uh, Virginia has one of those games where they crush your soul and your spirit. We'll see if uh, that is what the Cavaliers are bringing down at JPJ tomorrow, or we've seen plenty of them over the years as well. If this is going to be one of those, you know, down-to-the-wire grinders between Syracuse and Virginia tomorrow. Looking forward to finding out. With that, we bring on Greg Media, the beat writer for Virginia Sports of the Daily Progress down in Charlottesville. Greg, uh, thanks for hopping on with us today. Yeah, yeah, happy happy to do it. How you doing, Brian? Uh, very good. We, we chatted back in uh, football season when we thought we were going to have a good game, and we certainly uh, got a good game, which I, I guess leads into it. I mean, there's been so much crazy stuff going on in the, in, in the sporting world, uh, you know, around here with Buffalo and all that since then that uh, you kind of lose track, unfortunately, of all the, you know, the tragedies that have occurred in sports recently. But uh, uh, what was it like down in Charlottesville? That, that I'm thinking of it when you, when you think about the shooting and the everything that went on with the football team about a, a couple months ago. Yeah, man, it was, it was, I mean, it still is so, so sad uh, that those three players, Lavelle Davis Jr., uh, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry uh, lost their lives in, in the tragic, in a tragic shooting at, at UVA. Uh, you know, it was it was something that, that you know galvanized the community, kind of stopped everything uh, for for a little bit there. You know, the basketball game that was supposed to be played uh, that that Monday morning, that Monday night after the Sunday night shooting was was canceled. Uh, you know, and then the football program kind of definitely shut things down uh, for the rest of their season. Kind of just went into their off season after that. Understandably, of course, uh, they had two games left on their schedule, including their rivalry game with Virginia Tech. Uh, shut things down, but uh, you know Lavelle Davis. You guys saw him up mm-hmm. in Syracuse this, this this past season. Caught uh, what was a big time touchdown catch uh, late in that game up in the up in the dome. Uh, he he had an outstanding future. Deshaun Perry, uh, just a kind of a, a Renaissance type of guy. Uh, you know, had had interest in all things even beyond football. Uh, but but was starting to make his mark on the field. And, and Devin Chandler had just joined the program. Uh, this this year or this past year, excuse me, uh, from Wisconsin, uh, and it looked like he he had a bright future uh, after after kind of learning the system and taking taking the season behind the scenes uh, that he could make an impact once UVA graduated all its older receivers. Uh, so just very sad on the field, of course. Three three really good people off the field too. You know what, Craig? It, it is so weird. It's not that we forget about what happens there, but it's one of those things, like, certainly there, it's still top of mind. But, it, you know, and I think it comes to mind, we're thinking about what's going on with the Bills right now and everything yeah. around that story. You know, the rest of the world, it gets back to action. So, you know, us removed from Charlottesville, not that I'd forgotten about it, but in still sitting here talking to you right now, it just doesn't uh, leap on top of your mind. How in the forefront is that still down in Charlottesville? Because obviously down there, it's, you know, way closer to home than anywhere else. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I mean, I think it. I mean, at least within the football program, it, it still resonates. I talked to you know a few of the assistant coaches uh, a couple of days ago about some other things, and uh, you know, you, you still, you know, you still say you, you know your condolences and everything when, when you talk to these people because yeah. it is so sad and so impactful. And uh, even even going back to the recruiting and, and the early signing period, uh, you talk to some of the commits about you know some of the questions their families had for coaches and uh, and and you know what they wanted to understand what had happened and uh you know just things that you never thought you would have to write about as a sports writer uh you you end up writing about because it's you know it 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 transcends sports and you kind of have to uh because of what's been happening and what what happened uh so sad and so tragically at uva so uh it's it's definitely top of mind and uh, i know the football team uh i know some of those players are going to be trying to use um, use it as as fuel uh, for for next season and play in honor uh, of of the lives that were lost. So just just so tragic. Yeah, and you're right. It's one of those things that you know time heals uh, wounds, but uh, man, it, it's still a very uh, short amount of time in the the grand scheme of things. Right. And that's going to be something like something as dramatic and tragic as that. That that is going to be sticking around that program for a long. Uh, long time, uh, really, uh, in one way or another, I'd imagine uh, the rest of the time. That's not something that you, you forget about uh, going forward. But Greg Media of the Daily Progress down in uh, Charlottesville is our guest. And you mentioned it, Greg, like uh, Virginia basketball, they, they canceled the one game. But, you know, the wheels keep turning. Like, it's back to the season after that. And uh, Virginia was playing great at the time. They, they got up, you know, number three, number two in the country earlier in the season after uh, the hot start. I don't want to say they've cooled off, but I, I think, you know, it's settled down a little bit to probably what they are. What's your read on Virginia this season? It looks like uh, they've kind of gotten back a, a little bit to the spirit of what Virginia basketball is like this year. Yeah, you, I, I think you kind of hit the hit the nail on the head there. Really, really impressive to start the year. Started the year really, really hot with shooting the ball well. Of course, playing really good defense. They had some some nice wins uh, out in Las Vegas and in the preseason tournament. You know, beating Baylor out there, beating Illinois out there. And then they had a really good win at Michigan up in Ann Arbor. Yeah, that that place, that building was really loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was up there. I was up in Michigan, and man, that that was a tough win. I know Michigan hasn't been great this season, but that was still a very tough win. Uh, but since then, you know, come back down to earth a little bit uh, for Virginia. And I, I don't know if it's the the increase in, in competition on a nightly basis, right? Uh, to shortly after that. Uh, they, they played Florida State and then played James Madison, uh, two games they won. But then they had Houston and Miami back-to-back. Um, and then after, after a non-conference game against UAlbany, uh, you know, it was, it was Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh. And, and Pitts improved. Uh, you guys have seen them, too. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's something where maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's just come back down to earth a little bit for, for UVA. And I think – when they're at their best offensively, they're, they're moving the ball well. You saw that in games out in Vegas. You saw it at Michigan when they're able to really, really make the extra pass, find the open man. Uh, I think they struggled to do that probably a little bit at Pitt. Uh, they also struggled to defend. Pitt went right at UVA. Uh, and that's something we hadn't seen uh, from the Cavaliers uh, this, this, this year is, you know, an inability to, to defend when somebody's going right at you. Uh, they had a ten point halftime lead and 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 blew it down the sh- and blew it in the second half, blew it down the stretch. Uh, so to me, I, I think that's that's probably what Tony Bennett's talking about uh, going into this game against the Orange uh, tomorrow is is cleaning up that defense and and making it a little tougher on Syracuse because Pitt Pitt, Pitt had its way. I mean, Nike Sabandi, uh, Jamarius Burton. 
uh, those two guys inside. Uh, did a nice job against against Virginia. Yeah, you mentioned Tony Bennett, and he's uh, set here uh, with the, his next win, right, to pass Terry Holland as the all-time winningest coach in, in the history of Virginia. Holland going way back. He was the coach there when Ralph Sampson uh, played. But, mm-hmm. man, I mean, Bennett's been there. It, it feels like he just got there in some way, but that tells you how long he's been there, right, and how much success he's had that he, he's climbed this far and this fast up the uh, UVA record books. Yeah, no, and, and he's – you know, he's synonymous with the brand now, right? You think of, when you think of Virginia, uh, really, no matter what sport, when you see that, that V Saber logo, you, you probably think Tony Bennett. Yeah. Uh, because of all the success he's had, uh, you know, since, since getting to UVA after leaving Washington State. He's the pack line defense, and it's still a trademark of, of Virginia. Uh, the, the, they may have, may have extended it a little more this season, I think. Uh, it's still a trademark of UVA, and they're still playing that defense. And, you know, some of the players, you know, there's a player still from that national championship team on this squad, and Kihei Clark, who everybody in the ACC uh, knows well, and who all the coaches from, from whatever they say post game or going into a game uh, would like to see graduate already. Uh, you know, he's still around. So it's, it's his Tony Bennett's fingerprints, the type of players he recruits. Uh, you know, it's it's all over the program, and, and really, you can't you can't do anything but but think of Tony Bennett when you think of Virginia. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's synonymous now. And you know, I said this earlier. I mean, you know, you think the ACC. Obviously, people talk Duke and Carolina for good reasons. Like nobody has been as consistently good as Virginia in the league since Tony Bennett got there. Like all the other teams have had, you know, their ups and downs and. Uh, Virginia just keeps uh, quite on charting. Uh, Greg Mady of the Daily Progress in Charlottesville is our guest, covers all of Virginia sports down there. We'll get into tomorrow's game uh, specifically here in a second, Greg. Um, Jim Bayheim said yesterday he still thinks Virginia is the best team in the league, but, I mean, you could make an argument for uh, a much longer list than normal at this point of the season. What, what are you making of the ACC right now? Because I, I haven't a darn clue who's actually going to be the best team in the league when all said and done. Right, P- Pittsburgh leading the way. That's what everybody thought before the season. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. I it, it was it was watching uh, watching Georgia Tech Miami the other night, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, how is this Miami team that, that played so well against Virginia uh, and, and and really has shown itself to be a pretty good team uh, going to lose to Georgia Tech, a team that that's I, I think still trying to figure out uh, what it is this season. So. Uh, and, and then you got, of course, Carolina and Duke a little bit down. I, I don't know with Carolina if it's something where they, they got hot at the right time last year and, and found their way, uh, you know, with a, with a great postseason run. Uh, Duke maybe trying to figure itself out a little bit after uh, Mike Krzyzewski's departure uh, and John Shire taking over. So, t- to me, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of unknowns in the league uh, and, and pretty good parity across the league uh, to, to me. And, and I don't know if that'll help the ACC or hurt the ACC come come tournament time, uh, but but certainly something uh, something to pay attention to as as the year goes on. I do think I do think Virginia should be in the mix. I mean, assuming they they they, they clean up uh, whatever they felt went wrong defensively against Pitt uh, and, and shoot the ball like they've been shooting because I, I think they've been shooting it better this year. They've gotten better contributions from Armand Franklin, uh, you know, than than they did last year. And they expected him to make a huge impact last year, and and he was kind of bummed that he didn't have the season uh, that he thought he would in his first year at UVA after leaving Indiana. So I think they're a little bit more complete offensively than they were a year ago. Uh, but but still, you know, they're they're not going to light up the scoreboard 
uh, you know, night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned like Armand Franklin's there, Reese Beekman's there, Jaden Gardner's there, and you said it before, yeah. Kihei Clark is still there. Uh, I'm not entirely certain now. He's already had more than 120 career starts. He's played more than 140 games, but uh, the COVID year, he's still there uh, churning along. What, what do we make of him? Because, you know, early on in his career, I mean, th- those teams around him early on were just so stacked, you, you know, with the title <laughs> team and uh, the guys around him and, you know, NBA guys uh, on those teams, thinking back to, you know, Kyle Guy and John Jerome and those shooters they had and, you know, the wings they had that went on to the league where, you know, he could he could do his thing. He could distribute. He could play defense. And he didn't have to worry about anything else. Well, he, he's still doing those two things, and now I realize it's not 20 points a game, but he, he's Virginia's leading scorer this year. How much has Clark developed the rest of it o- over the last few years? Yeah, I, I think I think he has. And something that, that I talked to him going into this season about was – how last year he felt he had to kind of do everything, right? He had to be the leader on the court, off the court, because there were so many new pieces for Virginia. After a lot of that that core and that nucleus from, from some of those teams he played with early in his career had, had departed, he felt like it was all on him. So he said this past offseason he, he made sure, you know, he still wants to be the leader, still wants to be that kind of guy in the locker room, uh, but, but also let some, some of the players that were returning take some extra responsibility, like Beekman, like Jaden Gardner, uh, particularly, uh, so that it's not all on his shoulders and he can kind of focus on some of the things he wanted to improve on on the floor. Uh, he, one thing he felt like he needed to clean up after last year were, were some of the turnovers he had. Uh, and this year he's doing a better job of it. He had, he had five the other night against Pitt, and that, that's probably the one the one game you look at this year that wasn't so great. Uh, but other than that, he's been really good. And I think he's top five, top four in the ACC for assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, and that's that's promising. He and Beekman uh, are doing a really nice job and in the top five in the ACC for assists. And I think those two have learned how to play off of each other really, really well. Uh, their third year playing together, second year as, as starters in the backcourt together. Uh, and I think, you know, as long as Beekman's healthy, right, he dealt with the, the ankle a little bit after the Michigan game, dealt with the hamstring uh, from the Houston game on. Uh, as long as he's healthy and they can get him back to at least close to 100%, 90%, whatever, uh, I think that, that backcourt is probably going to be able to win them some games, uh, you know, come tournament time, ACC tournament, NCAA tournament. Well, what, what do you think decides it tomorrow, Greg? And uh, Greg Mady, our yeah. guest from uh, the, the Daily Progress down in Charlottesville. So, I mean, we look it up in Syracuse, you'd say, well, Judah Mintz is really talented, uh, but he's a freshman guard going against, like, Kihei Clark and this uh, Virginia defense, and uh, the idea of that is worrisome. Uh, in, in your mind, what, what decides the game tomorrow? Yeah, I think for Virginia, uh, especially with, with not knowing Francisco Cafaro's uh, status. He he didn't play the other night at Pittsburgh. He's their one of their big men off the bench. They got to keep Caden Shedrick out of foul trouble uh, because without Shedrick, you know, they really lack a rim protector. Uh, and Shedrick has, has been that guy for UVA this year. But when he's in foul trouble, you know that defense, that pack line defense, isn't as effective. So I think you know you got to keep Shedrick out of foul trouble uh, just to keep him in the game, especially not knowing Kafaro's status. They can do that. Uh, you know, I think they'd be okay defensively against Syracuse. Uh, but then on the other end, right, you, you got to shoot the ball well and you got to pass it well. And Virginia knows it's going to have to move the ball like it has in, in, in their better offensive games this year. Uh, they did well against Georgia Tech's zone defense uh, on New Year's Eve day in Atlanta. Uh, but, but you're going to have to keep that up. 
uh, against Syracuse tomorrow. All right, Greg, uh, good stuff. We're looking forward to it. It's always uh, interesting one way or another uh, when the RNG Cavs get together <laughs> on the court and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks for hopping on. All right, thanks for having me, Brian. That is Greg Media, and read his stuff about Virginia down at the Daily Progress in Charlottesville, getting us ready for the game tomorrow. That tips off at 5. We'll have Axe pregame 4 and Devo postgame at 7-ish. QSportsTalk.com. Exclusive, he said. Exclusively on QSportsTalk.com. We will still be able to take your calls and all that good stuff. So the show will be as normal, uh, but uh, QSportsTalk.com will be the only place that you shall be able to find us after the game tomorrow. With that break, when we come back, what is the man that sort of knows, thinks he knows this week? New seasons are starting, new sports in the mix. Back after this, QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio.